We've made it to the end of the week. Welcome into Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. John Rawl is the name, and talking about Dixie is the game. Well, are you ready for the weekend? You darn right you are. We're going to have a great show here. We're going to do some cool stuff that we haven't done before on the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent with John Rawl. On this Friday edition, toward the end of this hour, we're going to bring on a new feature and something will be on the show periodically. It's called Marshland Out in the South with Cleve Marsh. And we're going to talk hunting. We're going to talk fishing. We're going to talk about eh, going in a duck blind and anything else Southern. As I will confess, as I have already confessed on this show, I am uh, a novice when it comes to hunting and fishing. But I have an appreciation for it, and I know a lot of you out there love it. So, not every week, but at least on a periodic basis, Cleve Marsh will be dropping by with Marshland, and we'll give you the latest in hunting trends, what's going on and some of Cleve's old hunting and fishing stories. So it'll be a lot of fun. That's coming up here at the end of this hour in the Friday Y'all Show. Also this hour, we'll give you the latest college sports news, including what's going on on the basketball court tomorrow. A lot of big games as the conference season is winding down as we work our way to March Madness. That is ahead in this hour of the Y'all Show. When we turn the page to hour two, Sledge Mississippi's own Charlie Pride has a documentary airing tonight on PBS called I'm Just Me and a country music legend, grand old Opry member and all around great guy. I've had a chance to talk to Charlie, interview him, been to see him in concert, saw him being honored by the Grammys. Charlie Pride, he's got this special coming up. It's part of the PBS Masters series tonight. Tune in. There's a great chance your local PBS station will be having this at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. And we'll have a salute to Charlie Pride, and we'll play one of his great songs when we have that at the start of our two in our Friday Free For Y'all. Oh, by the way, we've got some David Lee Murphy tunes coming your way, as we always do on Fridays. We have hashtag Huddlebaloo headed your way, and we'll close out our two with a look at new movies, as well as all the other football stuff going on, including... The Alliance of American Football has its week three this weekend, and you're not going to believe a story about the Orlando Apollos, coached by Steve Spurrier. They, they're they not able to practice in Florida. At least most of their practices have been moved to Georgia, and I'll tell you why in hour two. It's it's bizarre. Just, just trust me on that. If you want to c- catch us here on the Y'all Show, we'd love – to hear from y'all our number is 803-816-1170 and you can find us on twitter at y'all show and instagram we're at y'all show as well and we're on youtube check out our y'all show youtube channel with all kinds of videos that we just did in nashville just put up an interview with john schneider of the dukes of hazard we have the video of that up now the y'all show youtube page we've got the audio interview which is more than just what we had in the video interview that's headed your way on this show next week so don't miss bo duke right here on talk with a southern accent let's start our headlines here today talking about west virginia we mentioned that earlier in the week teachers there striked and more than 50 counties were closed their school system shut down because of this teacher walkout 
Well, that strike is now over. School has resumed as unions for West Virginia's teachers ended their strike Wednesday night after lawmakers did not act on a doomed broad-based education bill. The leaders of three unions representing teachers and school service personnel said at a news conference that classrooms would open on Thursday. The House of Delegates in West Virginia made no mention of the passage of a motion that effectively killed this education-related bill. But... Sorry if you're a West Virginia youngster that has to go back to school. Well, your strike is over and your unexpected holiday is now over. Back to school you go in the Mountain State. Here's a bizarre story coming from Tampa, Florida. The mayor of Tampa was hacked and the person that hijacked his account posted racist and pornographic images and a threat against the Tampa airport. This happened to Tampa Mayor Bob Buckhorn. His account has 52,000 followers and was hacked early Thursday, and police detectives are trying to determine the hijacker's identity. It wasn't me. I promise you, the hacker posted several racist and vulgar tweets and a threat saying he had planted a bomb at Tampa International Airport and was, quote, looking forward to seeing more minorities die. The airport says it doesn't view the threat as credible, but had taken appropriate action to ensure passenger safety and here we go again with just an unnecessary uh, news story here this is kind of like the the guy up in chicago the actor who's caused all kind of problems unnecessarily and lied it looks like he's lied about his whole story well in florida here's some moron and i'm gonna say it could be somebody in russia or china we don't know who hacked this mayor's twitter account but they have caused unnecessary pain and grief to mayor bob buckhorn and all the residents of tampa with the social media putting out this awful stuff just a crazy time we live in my friends in south carolina a mother and her boyfriend allegedly tortured their kids five and seven year old children with hot sauce and peppers and sabrina irene emmerich a 25 year old and her boyfriend robert earl saladiga who's 37 years old they've been abusing the children according to authorities since at least september of 2017 and they've been arrested by the greenville south carolina police department and she was the mother of the kids and and this man saladiga was her live-in boyfriend and they've been arrested and accused of subjecting the women's children to horrific abuse with hot sauce and peppers one child claimed Saladiga punished him for urinating on the couch in his sleep by rubbing a hot pepper on his genitals, causing a burn. That was reported in the local newspaper. In another instance, Saladiga allegedly rubbed hot sauce all over a child's face, eyes, and mouth, which induced vomiting. Saladega and Emmerich were released last week after posting $25,000 and $10,000 bonds, respectively. But some real bad people, it appears, how could a mother do that or allow that to happen to her own children five and seven year old kids being tortured with hot sauce yeah hot sauce and peppers they can be rather brutal if you're a youngster especially but hey hey, even me i love hot sauce but boy it's got to be really really mild speaking of that i've got a request out right now i hope to have it on tuesday of next week we're going to have the greatest hot sauce expert in the country at least that's what he bills himself as we're trying to work out the details, but if you tune in Tuesday, we hope to have a bunch of hot sauce talk right here on the Y'all Show, getting you ready for Mardi Gras. And believe it or not, though, this expert is not in Louisiana. Can you imagine? 
you're a hot sauce expert and this guy is based in new york city new york city yeah that's that's where he says he's from so we're still working out his people we're talking to our people perhaps we'll get to the bottom of it and figure it out now keeping our news headlines in the palmetto state the president of the university of south carolina harris pastides has apologized after pictures of white students wearing blackface were found in old yearbooks. Pastidi said in a letter that the photos were found in the Garnet and Black yearbook, which was the school's yearbook from 1898 to 1994. There were a number of offensive photos, according to Pastides, which depicted white students in blackface and other offensive content. Pastidi says the school denounces the photos and mindset they represent. He says the photos provide another opportunity to learn from the demons of the past. And I promise you, I promise you, just about every college that was in existence or high school, in some cases, if you go back in the old days, you're going to find certainly questionable, if not offensive photography. You're going to see something that here in today's world will be, how in the world did they think that was a good idea at the time? So, yeah, if you go dig, you're going to find all kinds of stuff. And it would not surprise me if you looked in historically black college yearbooks, maybe even today, but even back then, you might find something offensive. I don't know exactly what that would be. But, yeah, that's just another example at the University of South Carolina of a yearbook having that kind of objectionable photography. And along the same front, Emory University in Atlanta says it's forming a commission to review racist photos that have appeared in its past yearbooks as decades old yearbooks have recovered have been uncovered from Emory with portrayals of blackface. The school hasn't identified the people in the photos, including one portraying a theatrical mock lynching. But the president of Emory, Claire E. Sturck, wrote a letter to students that the photos were available online and are a permanent part of the university's record. She says she hopes the images serve as a reminder of the hate that Munn must be passionately opposed. Again, this is Emory, a very intellectual school in Atlanta, and here they are with their own bad yearbooks of yesteryear. And again, I challenge you, if you go to any college that was in existence and the 1900 to 1969 time frame, there's a very, very good chance you're going to see dumb photos, at least what we would call dumb photos today, in there. And Carolina there, USC and Columbia, and Emory are no exceptions to that. Now, all of this, of course, became blackface in the news because of a fellow from Richmond, Virginia, Ralph Northam. And, of course, it was his medical school yearbook in blackface that caused this whole thing to erupt a couple of weeks ago well northam i remember at his press conference on that saturday after all of the scandal broke he said he was going to be going to a racial reconciliation event at virginia union university the commonwealth's governor had a letter sent to him monday from virginia union university asking him not to attend yesterday's scheduled commemoration of students who protested segregation in richmond almost 60 years ago student government president jamon phoenix said northam's visit could overshadow the tribute so he was asked not to come around vuu and he obliged but again he's kind of the reason this whole blackface stuff's even in the news these days to the commonwealth of kentucky we go and the state senate in frankfurt has passed a bill to make possessing a quote child sex doll illegal 
Senate Bill 102 would prohibit owning anatomically correct dolls or robots that resemble minors and are meant for sexual purposes. Senator Whitney Westerfield, a Republican, says he introduced the bill that passed Wednesday at the request of Kenton County Commonwealth Attorney Rob Sanders. And that is your child sex doll story of the day. Sounds good to me. In Louisiana, a woman is accused of shooting her pet llama named Earl because she says it attacked her. 67-year-old Magdalene Bourgeau told St. Landry Parish Sheriff's deputies that Earl had attacked her last week while she was working in her pasture. A sheriff's office statement says Bourgeau told deputies she hit Earl and escaped the pasture and but returned with a gun and repeatedly shot him. And the animal control and rescue there in St. Landry Parish says Earl was treated for a fractured rib and gunshot wounds. His condition is unclear. This this llama survived an attack from his 67-year-old woman. I can't believe that. At least we hope he's still alive. For all you lovers of llamas, Earl, he's a survivor. Sheriff Bobby Goudros says Bourgeau was right to defend herself during the attack, but wasn't in danger once she left the pasture. She was arrested and charged with animal cruelty and we'll see what happens there to this 60-year-old woman attacking her own llama. Yeah, as the sheriff said, it was okay to fight back, but golly, to take out your revenge with a gun and and all that other abuse. Poor old, poor old Earl, the llama. Uh, not, not, not very Christian there in Louisiana. And finally, speaking of animal attacks, a man in Florida was out for a walk with his dog, and was confronted last week by an aggressive coyote who attacked him and his dog and was forced to use his coffee cup to fight back against this coyote. Ben Poole said the coyote approached him while he was taking a walk in Lake County, Florida. That's in the Orlando area. And a coyote confronted his dog and they were fixing to go at it, he said. And the animal was unlike he's ever encountered. When he made noise, for example, the coyote got more aggressive and he says that he got a gun and tried to take it off get, take it off in his truck. The animal continued to try and jump into his truck. He says he rolled the window down, went three or four times at it, and finally I ran over it. No regret. I'd do it again in a heartbeat, he says. He doesn't have any legal issues facing him. And there's a photo of him in the hospital. And golly, Mr. Poole has some major lacerations around his face, including his nose. He, he got... He got beat up pretty bad by this aggressive coyote and a new weapon out there. He he fought him off with a coffee cup. I need to keep that coffee cup around me at all times. Now, I wonder what a coffee cup would do against a possible mugger, a human being coyote that's a bad person. But we're glad that Ben, it looks like it's going to be okay. But hey, keep those coffee cups close by, especially if you're anywhere near aggressive coyotes. That's a quick look at headlines here on this Friday. Y'all talk with a Southern accent. When we come back, we'll have our college sports review and notes of all things NCAA. We got your NCAA football, college basketball, and college baseball to all talk about around the corner. Don't miss it. Herpes and L works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Herpes and L penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Herpes and L also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. 
I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Purpose and L. Works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Uses directed. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail? Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone? Uh, I'm away right now, <laughs> obviously. Uh, leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or something a little more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper. Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial There's three. no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Deep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text NICE to 84888. Yes, $100 off, but only when you text NICE to 84888. That's N-I-C-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com slash TNC. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Welcome back. Yes, y'all. It's hour one. We've got a great interview coming up in the next segment with Cleve Marsh as we introduce a new segment here on the Y'all Show, Marshland, out in the south with Cleve Marsh. And we'll be having a great time talking about hunting and fishing. Ooh, can't wait for that. That's coming up here. You don't want to miss it. But on the sports front, we start off this hour and this segment of this hour talking a little college sports and man unc we're playing their fight song they had a huge win wednesday night against their rival duke and it maybe they're a good team unc that is but man when they ever when they they get nike to cooperate collusion then they're destined to win and that's what happened because just i think it was 36 seconds into the game duke's freshman sensation zion williamson had to leave the game because his shoe kind of messed up and he suffered a mild knee sprain. And I do believe Nike reps the Duke Blue Devils. And I think they rep North Carolina too. I know they do because Michael Jordan's brand is part of it. But because Williamson was forced to leave, North Carolina cruised and won this game 88-72 to right there at Cameron Indoor Stadium in Durham, North Carolina. And I actually have the shoe. If you got any sneaker heads out there listening, Williamson was wearing the Nike PG 2.5, which is Oklahoma City Thunderstorm, Oklahoma City Thunderstar, Paul George's signature shoe. And it didn't hold up. He was out. Now, we know that he's going to be out for a while with a mild knee sprain. We wish him the best. He's without a doubt 
the best freshman at least and maybe the best player in all of college basketball here this year and with the, with these basketball injuries they're likely to be back sooner than later so duke taking it on the chin president barack obama was in the house the carolina panthers tight end greg olson was there also a bunch of celebrities made their way to durham for the win by north carolina over duke on wednesday night now speaking of college basketball injuries reed travis of the kentucky wildcats is expected to miss two weeks with a sprained knee and he was injured i think it was during the missouri game when kentucky won on the road 66 to 58 and he's going to miss some time after spraining this knee coach john calipari expressed his relief in a release that the injury was quote more of a sprain than anything else because you just get worried about that stuff when you see someone go down the wildcats have a game against auburn on saturday we've got a little bit more about all of saturday's matchups coming your way momentarily in fact why not right now in the acc saturday a top 20 matchup virginia and louisville get together at the kfc yum center in louisville boston college travels to little john they face the clemson tigers georgia tech and miami are meeting up on saturday florida state has a top 20 matchup at chapel hill against the north carolina tar hills virginia tech goes to south bend where they play a struggling notre dame fighting irish team and the number one team as of right now i'm sure they're going down in the polls duke is at syracuse this weekend looking at sec action going on this saturday tennessee's got a top 15 matchup the vols and the number 13 ranked lsu tigers have a date set for the pmac in baton rouge that is a 12 eastern 11 central tip on saturday auburn travels to kentucky the georgia bulldogs who have not won in quite some time they're on roughly a 10 game losing streak and did you see what happened to georgia when they played mississippi state on wednesday night they lost the game by one point all because a technical was called because someone threw a toy of some type on the court and the refs assessed a technical to georgia and georgia which had a chance to win against msu they lose that game by one lousy points one lousy point and now georgia has to go on the road not to mississippi state but they're in the magnolia state they play the mississippi land sharks on the sec network that is a 330 eastern 230 central tip from oxford mizzou will be at florida saturday vanderbilt travels to alabama south carolina is at the mississippi state bulldogs and texas a&m gets together with arkansas saturday night big 12 action saturday texas is at oklahoma number 19 iowa state travels to fort worth to take on tcu west virginia and baylor get together in waco oklahoma state visits kansas state number 12 kansas is at number 14 texas tech and why not talk a little bit about the aac the american athletic conference and on saturday's matchups in that conference tulsa is at temple south florida is at number nine houston the east carolina pirates are at tulane and the memphis tigers travel to wichita to take on the shockers and that's a look at your saturday college basketball schedule moving on to the world of college football i almost have to read this headline twice to make sure i'm not misreading something here auburn georgia or georgia auburn the Deep South's oldest rivalry always played the next to last weekend of the regular season, season, or at least two weeks before the last season before the Iron Bowl. This series is expected to be moved from its traditional November spot 
and it's going to be moving up. Here's what the SEC says about it. It's expecting to move Auburn and Georgia to early October, beginning in the year 2020. Georgia's president, Jerry Moorhead, confirmed to reporters this week, one day after 24-7 Sports reported the schools were close to moving the annual series It would be a major change for the rivalry. The schools, Auburn and Georgia, have met in November every season since 1937. That's old school there. That's throwback time. Moorhead added that the Tennessee and Auburn would swap places on Georgia's schedule. So I guess Georgia would be playing Tennessee in late November now and Auburn in October. Georgia and Tennessee traditionally meet in late September or sometimes in early October it's unclear who will replace Georgia on Auburn's schedule in November, but the Tigers are already scheduled to play UMass on November 14th of 2020. The SEC is going to announce the complete 2020 conference schedule later this year and has yet to confirm any of these schedule changes. Auburn originally pushed for moving the Georgia game due to the fact it plays Alabama two weeks after Georgia and also must face both teams on the road in even-numbered years. Moorhead said that both Georgia AD Greg McGarity and Coach Kirby Smart support the change. So the Deep South's oldest rivalry looks like it's going to be moving up on the calendar. It might be a good thing because I think it, it does get overshadowed because it's so close to the Iron Bowl, at least from an Auburn perspective. And I think if it, if it was moved, if it were moved up in even before the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, which is kind of a mid to late November occurrence, this would be the first kind of really old school traditional game in the sec auburn georgia moved up to october so i'm okay with that and i think all the war eagle and hairy dog fans out there would would not be too they wouldn't be too upset if this does change college baseball second week of the season begins on friday and looking at the college baseball lineup who all's playing who we this weekend the Michigan State Spartans are in Raleigh. They're taking on NC State. NC State is number 23 in the latest college baseball rankings. Florida State's ranked 11th. They've got the Penguins of Youngstown State in a series. USF and North Carolina play. Purdue is playing Texas in college baseball. UCLA and Georgia Tech are on the diamond this weekend. How about this? The Utah Valley Wolverines. They are a big big college, about 40,000 students there just south of salt lake and they're traveling all the way to columbia south carolina to take on the gamecocks in a series this weekend indiana and tennessee tennessee i don't think they've lost a game yet in college baseball iu and ut getting together this weekend pepperdine is traveling to vanderbilt alabama's got ball state in for a series a team that won the college world series a couple of years ago the coastal carolina chanticleers have kent state in a series this weekend it's a magnolia state rivalry southern miss and mississippi state getting together this weekend kentucky and texas tech have a baseball series the vmi cadets and the clemson tigers are in a series in clemson south carolina this weekend speaking of military colleges in the south the citadel bulldogs and the michigan wolverines have a series at joe riley park in charleston south carolina auburn and ucf have a series this weekend battle of the sunshine state as the miami hurricanes and the florida gators get together on the diamond and arkansas the razorbacks are playing the usc trojans this weekend that is week two of your college baseball if you want to check that out somewhere encourage you to do that well that will conclude our college sports roundup when we come back on the other side of this break our friend cleve marsh will join us and we'll begin the first installment of marshland out in the south 
with Cleve Marsh. You don't want to miss it. Get your hunting on and your fishing on when we come back. This is y'all talk with a Southern accent. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore. And it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose and L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose and L. Works when you have a cold sore. Works when you don't. Use as directed. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. When is the perfect time to make something happen for your small business? The answer is always right now. Introducing the Right Now Sale from Vistaprint, where you can get 50% off any one item to promote your business and save up to $100. Choose a fresh stack of postcards, a standout banner, or whatever you need most. Why not? It's 50% off, but only until March 3rd. Own the now with the Right Now Sale and get 50% off any one item at vistaprint.com. Use promo code Why Not. That's vistaprint.com, promo code Why Not. Restrictions apply. See website for details. Make a living from walking in the woods. You can bet I be sitting pretty good high on a hill, looking at a field downwind. If I can make a nickel off of turning in bass, never worry about the price of gas. I'll be wheeling and dealing and sitting there reeling them in, hunting, fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy prays. Oh, what a good song there from a Georgia boy and a guy that loves the outdoors. That's Luke Bryan here on the Y'all Show. And we have a boy that loves the outdoors joining us here on the Y'all Show. We have a brand new feature that we hope to bring on periodically on the Y'all Show. It's called Marshland Out in the South with Cleve Marsh. And Cleve is joining us here on the Y'all Show. Hello, Cleve. Hey, thanks a lot, General Roth, for having me on. I'm enjoying this already. <laughs> well, Cleve, you and I are friends, and and one thing that I admit, you may come take my Southern card away from me. There's a couple things that I am not very up on. Don't Re- expose yourself too big here, big boy. Wrestling's one of them. Mm. 
I'm, I'm with you. Okay. But the other one is I'm no big outdoorsman. Ouch. How in the world <laughs> did you grow up in the sunshine state of South Carolina? The sunshine state. That's it. I've heard it called Iodine State. No, no. We're going with Sunshine and State. And Palmetto State. But the sunshine. I can do that. Yeah, no, I grew up, I guess, right where I lived, we didn't have swamps and things like We didn't have marshland. What? And so I had to drive at least an hour to go deer hunting. And I, I did go hunting once. I went to beautiful Orangeburg County okay. and hunted deer with my dad, and it was a disaster. I grew up with a pond in my backyard, so when you grow up in things like ponds, you don't necessarily have a longing to go fish all the time, and so I didn't. Yep. I, I wanted to go swimming. That was my goal, was to go to my friends that had swimming pools, because we didn't have a swimming pool. So, no, I, I admit, I am not up on fishing, hunting, and all the other fun stuff, but you are, and I know here in the South, we love the outdoors, at least most of us, more than me, most Southerners have some connection to hunting, fishing, and all the other kind of stuff, and so I wanted to bring you on and have this marshland feature with you periodically and kind of give the south a little update of what's currently going on and some trends and old hunting and fishing stories that you might even have i may have one or two of those but (laughs) we're going to clarify a few things here first i think there there are certain things that our wonderful listening audience are going to need to know about you and number one is how old were you when you went on that deer hunt i was probably 11 or 12 11 or 12 did you drive them with dogs yes 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 i I didn't do anything i didn't have a gun i was with my dad who honestly is not an outdoorsman either i I understand you but driving them with dogs is so different in tennessee they don't do that yeah not in west tennessee at any rate and i grew up in south carolina driving them with dogs my uncle bob was a dog handler and you could hear him crashing through the underbrush and driving the deer toward us it's so exciting when that happens and you have a gun in hand. I actually saw an officer in the U.S. Air Force empty an unloaded shotgun at a deer as he ran by one day. Doesn't that sound odd? <laughs> he emptied an unloaded shotgun. He did not realize he had forgotten to load his gun. He was so excited. Yeah. One. Number two, he pumped it and pulled the trigger and pumped it and pulled the trigger until it was empty in his mind and he did not understand why the deer did not fall Mm. my dad and i watched him do this it's so exciting i mean it really is an exciting thing but i did grow up in south carolina and so did you and you grew up very near a place that is near and dear to my heart because the last time i took my daddy fishing we went on lake murray oh yeah I you've grew been up there three miles from lake murray it truly is a great freshwater lake oh, it's beautiful. it's a large lake a lot of our southern lakes are just essentially nothing but a glorified river the way they dam them up yeah, and suck yeah. but lake murray's got a lot of offshoot there's actually a spot i think that's like 13 miles wide at lake murray that's a huge huge lake did you know lake marion's larger it is larger that's downstream yeah. from columbia lake murray is good because at lake marion that you just referenced they got alligators they don't have alligators at lake murray i have waited in the swamp <laughs> hunting the headwaters of lake lake marion i almost said murray again of lake marion also known as santee santee exactly Waibu area is one of my favorite areas on that lake, and I did an awful lot of water skiing and water sports and duck hunting, fishing whenever I was younger Mm -hmm. in that area. But I've waded in hip-deep water with alligators about 30 yards away on the bank. You ain't right. 
Oh, well, they don't bother you. <laughs> okay. You, you know, you, you just don't want to drag fresh meat around behind you when, you when you're near them. Now, Cleve, I want to ask you, because one thing also that separates those two particular lakes, Murray and Marion, apart from each other, when Lake Murray, which was built for hydroelectric power, when it was built, they did a good job of taking out stumps and clearing it out. Lake Marion, man, there's stumps all over that thing, and you got to really be careful. Yes. Is that something commonplace in the south with our lakes? Are there a lot of lakes that have stumps all over them? It is. And in the last 50 years in Tennessee, they've taken up that attitude. And the prime fishing lakes, there's one right here in Jackson, um, Lake Graham, and it was built with that same feature. They cut boat lanes in it, and all they did was flood the timber, and the timber's just under the water now. And at the right time of the year, you can get hung up out there and stay there for a while, but it's a great fishing lake. Gibson County Lake over between Trenton and Milan's the same way. Huge, huge lake. You know, I'm talking hundreds and hundreds, not like Marion and Murray down in South Carolina. Yeah. Hundred, you know, thousand lakes. Yeah. But it's a it's a common practice to do it that way because it's much, much less expensive to build. Well, also, they built Lake Marion during the middle of World War II. Yep. So they didn't really have the manpower to get in there and do it. Cleve, what's going on right now in the fishing and hunting world? What's the season that we're currently in? Well, I'll tell you. You're going to be – I'm going to trip your trigger with this one. I'm telling you right now. Sauger. Okay, and how do you spell that? S-A-U-G-E-R. Do you even know what that is? <laughs> Not really. Oh, my. And if we I got, don't know, I'm sure there's a certain percentage of our audience that has no idea what Sauger is. There's a possibility, but I'm going to tell you, we got a lot of work to do here, John. Yeah, we do. Hey, uh, I admit, I'm I'm challenged when it comes to the outdoors. Well, we're going to try to help you out. A Sauger is a beautiful little fish that gets to be about 15 to 23, 24 inches long, weighs 2 pounds to as much as 7.6 pounds. That's the state record in the state of Tennessee. And they are probably one of the best eating fish that you can eat but they're full of bones okay i generally do not like to fish for them myself but i will occasionally go with some of my fishing buddies just for the camaraderie and the fact that we're out there doing it but one of the things i don't really like about it in addition to picking out all those bones is fishing in such cold cold weather I get cold feet easy, and yeah. sometimes we'll go out in an aluminum boat, and they get so cold sitting in that 25 or 30-degree water. And you say 25 or 30-degree water. Why is it not frozen? Well, I don't know why it didn't frozen, <laughs> but it's not. My feet end up frozen. Now, are sauger, are they found all over the south? Or no, are they, no. Okay, tell they, me where they are they, likely found. They're generally a deep water fish. They like from 15 feet, literally, to 100 feet deep. They'll that You can catch them. The tail races of the dams in the Tennessee River are excellent places to catch them, and there are lots of large holes that are in the river that they will inhabit during cold weather. They okay. love cold weather. Okay. They have to be at least 15 inches long, which, see, that's not a big fish. I, I, I'm a big fish fisherman. I like to fish for largemouth bass primarily, and I enjoy the, the thought. And you can see my smiling face. The thought of getting my arm broke by a big fish, that's just... <laughs> Has that happened yet? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> well, I'm, maybe maybe one of those days. Now, you mentioned Tennessee and Sauger. Are they found all over the state of Tennessee or only in certain portions where the Tennessee River is, I guess? Certain portions. Okay. And and they, they stock them in other places, too. And they're a real fun fish to catch when you 
catch some. Okay. They're hard to find, and they're not great numbers. The numbers have been reduced in the last, oh, 15, 20 years, and they did a little reduction of the limits down in Alabama. But primarily, they're caught in cold weather with a jig in deep water on light tackle, and they'll fight you, but they don't last long. They're and good to eat. Are they primarily in something like the Tennessee River, or can you find them in people's ponds? No, Tennessee River. Only in like the That's Tennessee right. River. That's right. Well, you just mentioned something. We're talking with Cleve Marsh, and this is Out in the South with Cleve Marsh as part of our Marshland feature on the Y'all Show, and hopefully you all are learning a little bit, as I am. You just talked about sauger, but you also just mentioned jig. What is the Cleve Marsh definition <laughs> of a jig? It has a lead head on it that can be painted anywhere from a beautiful pink to fuchsia to chartreuse to white to red and they will react the sauger will react differently on a different day like today they may at 10 o'clock they may be hitting on a pink one tomorrow at 10 o'clock they may hit a white one Hmm. etc and they will weigh from a quarter of an ounce to an ounce and have generally about a a six aught to a two aught hook on them and you just fish it on the bottom in a, uh, we'll, we'll call it a tight line with a leader sinker that takes the line to the bottom, and then you put a tail, some kind of plastic tail on the jig, and it'll float up a little off the bottom, and they love it. They just can't stand it. All right. Again, showing my hunting and hunting and fishing ignorance here, Cleve. What is the going price these days for a jig like that? A dollar. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they're, they're cheap. People lose 10 or 15 of them because you get stuck in the rocks Uh, the tail race at pickwick dam full of rocks and you'll just you'll break off many of them if you can't get them out and sometimes you won't be able to get them (laughs) unstuck they'll get down in the crack okay you don't think anything about it you can buy them for 35 or 40 cents a piece the the smaller ones the quarter ounce and Mm -hmm. you know so three eighths ounce etc by the way i happen to learn that there's been a state record bass caught in the state of tennessee the record prior was like 14.3, if I remember it correctly, for a largemouth bass. The new record is 15 pounds and 2 ounces. That is one whopper of a bass for a freshwater bass and not a saltwater bass or a mm-hmm. brackish water bass like you would find in Florida. You know, those Florida bass get much larger, but 15.2. The Florida freshwater bass? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But the and the the bass down there, the hybrid bass down there, okay. Florida strain bass grow much larger. This is a true largemouth. Okay, fifteen pounds and two ounces. What about this freshwater bass that's found in the Volunteer State? Is that same bass in all these other surrounding states? And if so, which one has the bigger bass? Woo, tell us wee. your secrets. Woo, Where's your honey holes? Well, I tell you, Lake Marion, <laughs> South Carolina is really? number two in the nation right now on. Five uh, five fish stringer limits. What the heck is that? That you catch, you can keep the five largest fish. And there was a tournament last year, and the five largest fish weighed almost thirty three pounds. Five into thirty three goes six and a half plus. Yeah. So you know they had probably a nine or ten pounder in there and some others, but. 33 plus pounds yeah that's huge that's that's amazing and in tennessee right now we have a good fishery but the carp are impacting it some and Mm -hmm. perhaps the the fishermen are not experiencing the top water that they used to i'm a top water i'm a structure fisherman that i can see I, i i throw for visual stuff and 
rather than fish on the bottom where I can't see, it's yeah. a little slower fishing and it's, I'm not good at it, <laughs> you know? So the, 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 the bass limits in Tennessee are not limits, but the bass sizes in Tennessee have been reduced greatly in the last 10 years. Carp have impacted the fishery. Cleve, is it a law in Tennessee that when you go fishing, you have to wear a white hat with a big orange T on it? Is that, is that true? Okay, there goes your southern card right there. <laughs> you are aware of the fact that there is no T on any hat that I have. Yeah. There is a tiger paw on it. So, no, there's not a law. I, at least I haven't been arrested for it yet. Okay. Because I don't have any T's on my products. Oh, well, the most famous fisherman's Bill Dance, and I know <laughs> yes, he has his land, yes. uh, trademark there. Trademark. And got the bill all wrinkled up and going. Yeah. Bill's a great guy, but uh, no, no T. All no right. law. No so, law that so I'm aware of. Is there any kind of certain distinction if we're out on the lake and we see a cleave marsh passing by how do i know it's you you got a boat i have a boat what's you're, it called you go <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't have a name on this particular boat ah. some of the some of the you should name it after me the, john boat the john boat. <laughs> <laughs> well i have had a john boat in times past and i do duck hunt out of a john boat occasionally but but you will see me in a a burgundy colored aluminum garnet color okay. boat no burgundy <laughs> we're not going garnet either not a carolina color yeah uh but nonetheless you'll recognize me i will have on a very very fine straw hat trying to protect the old top of the ears and you should do that and yes you mentioned duck hunting yes where do we stand is that is that over in the south right now over okay. over in america right now okay uh it ends early in canada and a little earlier in the northern states in the southern states it ended january the 31st or the 29th right right in there last sunday in january and you've been all over these places hunting ducks in your life most of them yeah. most of them i've done it for a long time it's been a fun fun venture but i want to go back to sauger for a minute okay you, would you eat one sure you got one no <laughs> no but i'm gonna get some okay uh, i have not been fishing for them myself this year but my neighbors have and one of my neighbors has got he, he'll call it a half a freezer full okay because he fishes very regularly and i'll get some and we'll have them and we'll uh we'll give them the rating by you can we eat it live here on the y'all show no <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> we can eat it live cold on the y'all uh, show probably that, that's fine that's fine i want to go back to duck hunting i was told that this past duck hunting season the ducks weren't as numerous as we've seen in recent years have you heard anything about that <laughs> every person that i've talked to from minnesota to louisiana and and i talked to quite a few people we try to keep up with how they're moving down the flyway okay and the mississippi's where we are in the great mississippi flyway and everybody had a bad season except just an occasional spot here and there where people had a marginally good season but i have a friend who has a great blind on real foot lake okay. and at the christmas break they had 28 ducks in a blind that they will normally kill 11 or 1200 ducks a year. So there is something going on. There's something going on. I, I keep my ear to the ground trying to find out what it is, but at this point in time, no one seems to understand where the ducks are. There've been been no large concentrations and uh the bottoms in Tennessee have just been terrible this year. It, all the way across. If if there's anybody out there listening that had a really good place, I don't think I'd reveal it. <laughs> there'd be a lot of people after it you reckon the ducks are just getting lazy and they're not migrating like they used to well i don't know whether they're mig not migrating or they're migrating later or earlier at this okay. point the the jury's still out let's say 
Okay. Cleve, this has been a great introduction from you today here on the Y'all Show. Is there anything else you want to make sure our audience knows about? General Rawl, I'd just like to say to you, thank you very much for having me here. I really appreciate it, and I hope this is something that we can do. We'll expand on it a little bit. I've got an awful lot of experience in the outdoors and a lot of time. Not all of it good. I'd call myself an average outdoorsman. I'm not a super fisherman. I'm not a super hunter, but I'm dedicated to it. And I I think I mentioned to you the other day, uh, I'm going to put quotation marks before and after. I'm a year-round duck hunter. Yes. Now, that means I prepare constantly. And, and real quick, just so our audience knows, what's the next big thing coming up on the hunting and fishing calendar? I'm going to say spring fishing and turkey season. Oh, turkey season. Those two things will combine, and people do, some people do both on the same weekend. Can I get your turkey hunting tips the next time we get together? Yes, that'd be fine. All right. Cleve Marsh, Marshland, out in the south of Cleve Marsh. Thank you, sir. Enjoyed it welcome let's do it again yes sir well that will wrap up hour one of this friday y'all show talk with a southern accent and when we come back in hour two we've got a special tribute to charlie pride he grew up in duck hunting country and he's got a documentary debuting tonight on pbs that you don't want to miss it it starts at nine eastern eight central it's called charlie pride i'm just me we'll talk all about it here at the start of hour two we'll have hashtag hullabaloo Plus, we'll wrap it up with a look at the new movies for the weekend and other sports goings on. And, of course, Dixie with Love will be our swan song for the week. Stay tuned. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system? Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier. Had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this. Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper. Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help? There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. It's the Y'all Show, Hour 2 on a Friday, getting you ready for the weekend, and this is Party Crowd. She couldn't keep from crying when she told me goodbye, but I knew the Lord it was breaking her heart, that she was breaking mine, so for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride, I told her not to worry about me. I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some company And tonight I'm looking for a party crowd Slamming them back and laughing out loud Where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care If they're dancing over here or fighting over Looking for a party crowd It'll dawn on me tomorrow Wherever I wake up I'll look back and try to recall 
hicks my truck So take my keys and lock them up tight Let the good times flow And I worry about tomorrow when it comes to light The night's still young And I'm on the road tonight I'm looking for a party cry Slamming them back And laughing out loud with the smoke so thick The blues can't hang around With the jukebox jumping like they just don't care If they're dancing over here Or fighting over there I'm making the rounds Looking for a party Yes, and tonight I'm looking for a party crowd Slamming back and laughing out loud Where the smoke's so thick the blues can't hang around But y'all stick around, it's Friday Jumping like you just don't care If they're dancing over here or lighting over there I'm making the rounds Looking for a party crowd Turn your radio up, y'all Looking for a party crowd Sing it loud and sing it proud Smoke so thick the blues can't hang around Yes, yes Jukebox jumping like it just don't care If the dancing over here are listening to the Y'all Show. Yes, it is Friday, and that, the sound of David Lee Murphy. This is Talk With a Southern Accent. This is Y'all. This is Hour 2 of the Y'all Show on the last day of the work week, and we have a party this time of the week, and we have David Lee Murphy Always, he has our montage of great music here in our Friday Free For Y'all. And why not stop it with just Party Crowd, David Lee? Keep the fun going. Here's part two of DLM. Little dust on the bottle. Trio Williams, they lived down a dirt road. He made homemade wine like nobody I know. Dropped by one Friday night and said, can you help me, Creole? I got a little girl waiting on me and I, I want to trade her right. He said, I got what you need, son, as we step down in the cellar. He reached through the cobweb as he turned on the light. He said, there might be a little dust on the bottom, but don't let it fool you about what's inside. A little dust on the bottom But it's one of those things It gets sweeter with time You were sitting in the porch swing As I pulled up the driveway My old heart was racing As you climbed inside You slid over there close And we drove down to the lake road Watched the sun fade in that big red sky I reached under the front seat and said, now here's something special. It's just been waiting for a night like tonight. There might be a little dust on the bottom, but don't let it fool you about what's inside. 
Taking you back to nearly 25 years ago here on the Y'all Show, that dust on the bottle from David Lee Murphy. This is Y'all. I'm John. Thanks for listening. Having a good time? Yeah, you betcha. And this is the show that's all about the South. We love our Southern music, our Southern musicians. And here on the Y'all Show, we also like to have fun here in the second hour on Fridays. And if we can, we like to maybe edumacate if, if we're able to. Well, on Thursday, I was goofing off like I always do on Facebook. And I bet you, you, you goof off on Facebook too, if you have an account. Well, I saw something come across from a guy that I follow on Facebook and it was perfect timing because sadly here on the y'all show and all the months we've been doing the show, we have yet to play a song from this artist and we're going to change that right now because today's a big day because tonight on most pbs stations across the country american masters documentary series will be on and it will be a show on pbs tonight called charlie pride i'm just me and this debuts again on most pbs stations tonight at nine eastern eight central part of the american masters series on pbs i cannot wait to watch the pride of sledge mississippi charlie pride what a story in 1994 charlie pride released his autobiography called pride and scouts honor i've got my eagle scout the old eagle scout when it was for just boys you know (laughs) that's when i was in boy scouts i've got my three fingers up in the air i promise you His biography, Pride, the Charlie Pride story, it's the only book besides the Bible, and I've totally, I've just totally failed on most efforts reading the Bible to get all the way through it. I've still yet to complete reading the entire Bible. One of these days, Lord, please forgive me. But let me tell you, the book that's all about Charlie Pride, the book of Charlie, (laughs) I've read that book, and it's the only book, as I have my Scout's Honor still up, it's the only book I've actually read from cover to cover twice, two times. It was that good. And the reason, Charlie Pride, I love his voice. I love the guy. He's awesome. 
he has an an amazing story, and it has nothing to do with his race. By the way, it is Black History Month, and Charlie Pride is black. But he's so cool, and he has such a cool story. Charlie Pride was born in poverty in the Mississippi Delta town of Sledge. It's in North Mississippi. It's about 40 miles south of Memphis. And in a Mississippi cotton picket Delta town, just like the song that he sang said. But the thing that made Charlie Pride so different was he actually was an incredible baseball player and actually played professionally in what was then the Negro League's minor league system back in the 1950s and into the early 1960s. In fact, during his time playing baseball, he became great friends and and remained friends with Ernie Banks, Mr. Cub. And I know back in the 90s, those two would go on vacations. He and Ernie Banks and the two wives, they would go all over the place. Charlie Pride still loves baseball. He usually goes to the Texas Rangers spring training and participates in that. He loves the game of baseball. And how fitting is it that today is the start of most Major League Baseball teams' spring training games. We'll have more tomorrow. But here in the convergence of spring training for baseball, Black History Month, and just great music, as we always celebrate that here on the Y'all Show, PBS is coming out with this Charlie Pride, I'm Just Me. Of course, that plays off one of his early songs in the Charlie Pride repertoire. And so... Tune in tonight. It's not going to be on every single PBS station around the country, but as Charlie said on Facebook, most PBS stations will have I'm Just Me airing tonight, February 22nd, from 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. You can tune in, and this will be also airing on the BBC in the United Kingdom, and the CBC in Canada also will be airing I'm Just Me at some point this year, because his truly is an international story. Remember, I would say just like Eddie Arnold and some of the other great artists, Charlie Pride had success all over the world. And I still remember one of his songs was like the number one song in Australia in all of their music history was one of one of Charlie Pride's great songs. It might have been Crystal Chandelier. I think that's the one that was such an international hit, but maybe not so big here in America. So... In honor of Charlie Pride, as a guy that I literally have read his book twice, I've met him on several occasions and and interviewed him on several occasions, I'm just so tickled that they have this coming out. We need more and more salute of Charlie Pride. Charlie Pride is still at it. He's still active. I think I just saw where he was going to be on the Grand Ole Opry pretty soon with another appearance. Charlie Pride is now 80 years old. He turns... 81 on march 18th and he and his wife rosine a native of oxford mississippi they met whenever he was playing minor league baseball in memphis for what was called the memphis red sox and uh he 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 played up there i think it was the late 50s after he actually had served in the army for two years he went on to play in the minor leagues of the negro american league back in the 1950s and Ended up going out west to play baseball, and that's where he kind of got his recording started, was playing, I think, out in uh, maybe Wyoming or or somewhere way out in the Mountain West. And someone said, hey, you ought to try your hand at music, fella. 
and and we're sure glad that he listened to that advice and had such great success songs like kiss an angel good morning uh, you just keep keep rattling them off as i said mississippi cotton pick and delta town was one of his great songs burgers and fries how, how can you have a song called burgers and fries well charlie pride did just that and had a big hit with it back in the 1970s so here on the y'all show i wanted to pick a song from charlie's repertoire to give a great salute here on this guy who really was the first black superstar in country music and we really hadn't had but about two or three even contenders since charlie pride i would say most notable is darius rucker and you have uh, jimmy allen i think's his name he's he just had a number one recently in country music he's another black country music singer and then i would probably say uh the singer that uh, sang that song with lauren elena uh, he he is in that category as well the the duet that they had out a couple of years ago but uh yes we we are very proud of charlie pride and this is a great time to, again to tune in tonight and there's supposedly at least a movie or two coming out on charlie pride's incredible life so be on the lookout for that so as i had to dive in here and pick a song out of the charlie pride library to play i could go way back to the early 1960s his first single was the snakes crawl at night i don't feel like playing a song about snakes here on the y'all show his first number one was all i have to offer you is me that went to the top of the charts in 1969 had a slew of hits in the mid 1970s that song i'm just me hit number one in 1971 the title of the documentary airing tonight kiss an angel good morning went to number one that same year and then he went on to have other great hits like Kalijah and just all of the the good songs i liked some of his later songs he had i guess his last number one occurred in 1983 with night games and then he still had a couple of other pretty big hits like every heart should have one his last top five was shouldn't it be easier than this that was in 1987 when shouldn't it be easier than this hit the charts so all in all he's been making records for a long long time so as i had to go find a song to play since he is from mississippi and he's he's proud of his home state he's in the i think he's in the mississippi grammy museum if i'm not mistaken in indianola mississippi i think is where that is located he loves his home state he's mississippi proud and why not play a song that is symbolic of charlie pride and his native state when i hear this song i just think it's such a beautiful well-written incredible song written by kyle fleming and dennis morgan and we're going to play it right now here on the y'all show roll on mississippi this went right way up on the charts for charlie and we're going to play it from 1981 This song that was made by Sledge's own Charlie Pride. Walking along, whistling a song, barefoot and fancy free. A big river boat passing us by. She's headed for New Orleans. There she goes, disappearing around the bend. Roll on, Mississippi You make me feel like a child again Cool river breeze Like peppermint leaves The taste of it takes me back Chewing on a straw Torn over raw Cane pole and old 
straw hat muddy river Just like a long lost friend Roll on Mississippi You make me feel like a child again Roll on Mississippi Big river roll You're the child of dream I grew up on Roll on Mississippi Carry me home Now I can see I've been Roll on, Mississippi, roll on When the world's spinning round, too fast for me I need a place to dream So I come to your banks, I sit in your shade And relive the memories, Tom Sawyer Huckleberry Finn Roll on Mississippi You make me feel like a child again Roll on Mississippi Big River Road You're the child of dream I grew up on Roll on Mississippi The title track from the album Roll On Mississippi that song there from 1981 hard to believe it didn't go to number one it peaked at number seven on the country music chart a song penned by kai fleming and dennis morgan roll on mississippi hope you like that one and again it's one of those songs you just gosh it's just such a beautiful song and such a great singer charlie pride congratulations again everybody tune in tonight to pbs and check out charlie pride i'm just me it premieres at nine eastern eight central part of the American Master Series on PBS. We've got more goodness coming after the break. We will have hashtag hullabaloo. And before we get out of here, hey, speaking of Charlie Pride's love of baseball, we're going to tell you some of the spring training games to be on the lookout for as that gets underway with some scrimmages here today and tomorrow. This is the Y'all Show. Play ball! Purpose&L works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Purpose&L penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Purpose&L also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Purpose&L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. 
This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, John Rawl, and you know the sound there that you're hearing. It reminds us that it's hashtag hullabaloo on a Friday. Yes, hope you're doing good. And if you're not, hey, in a couple of hours, if, you, if, you're, if you're forced to, if you've got to work that long, you can punch that clock and head home and, hey, enjoy your weekend. That's what we want here on the Y'all Show. And on this show all about the South, we aim to please, and we aim to let you know what's going on. We have our sources all over Dixie that are looking for great stories, great music, great recipes, and if you want to be a part of the fun, all you got to do is text us, 803-816-1170. Also, email us, y'allshow at yall.com, y-a-l-l-s-h-o-w at y-a-l-l.com. Dot com So easy. It's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah, it sure is. All right. Diving into the social media fun, I saw somewhere on social media this important announcement, especially if you got a little one or you know somebody with a little one, because on Saturday, February 23rd, that's tomorrow, Walmart across the country is putting on something they call Baby Savings Day. It lasts from 10.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and it's for parents or parents-to-be. And if you go in there, you can get up to 30% off baby products, including diapers, car seats, and strollers. This is the weekend to stock up on all those diapers, car seats, strollers, and other baby gear at Walmart because they're all participating or, or most stores i shouldn't say all most walmart locations are participating in this baby savings day walmart describes it as a hands-on opportunity to demo baby gear talk to specialists and take home a bundle of samples and coupons for their growing families and go in and select car seats crib mattresses and more and also there'll be a rollback in stores and online so save money get all your baby savings on baby savings day at walmart well why didn't they have this when i popped out a baby a couple of years ago or maybe when you popped out a baby some of you listening right now are older than walmart and you're thinking golly if my parents would have had something like this when i was hatched we would have had a lot better childhood or we'd have had a lot more things to play with i'd have had a lot more toys by the way i didn't see anywhere in that mention that they got toys reduced here at baby savings day but go into walmart if you got a baby or if you want to get in something for somebody else if you got a baby shower to go to pretty soon what a pretty cool idea from walmart and i'll give walmart credit they they've got just about everything they really do i don't know what they don't sell i I guess they don't sell uh, i guess they don't sell caskets (laughs) if they sold caskets then i would truly say they've got just about everything in there but at least on the other end of the spectrum, when you're when you brought into this world, boy, they got all kind of stuff as part of Baby Savings Day. So get on down to your local Walmart, save some money, and make Walmart even richer. How about that? C.N. Warnicky is on Twitter, at Warnicky Reading. That's W-A-R-N-E-K-E Reading. And C.N.'s profile says, a writer-editor, there may be 
snark. I guess they are witty with what they say here, CN. And CN, you got me. I don't know if you're male or female, so I'll I'll play it the whole gender neutral, which is kind of the, the growing thing to do anyway. So, CN, this is what you put on Twitter. Just learned a new wives' tale. And I don't think, hey, CN, if you're a writer and editor, is it wives' tale or is it wives' tale? I'm going to have to Google this. I, I think it's wives' tale. But, hey, you're the writer and editor. I yield to you. But here's what CN, whether it's wives' or wives' tale, here's what CN wanted to relay. Here in the South, if you hear thunder during the winter, then you'll get a lot of snow in the next seven to ten days. Anyone heard this one? I guess we'll see. Thundering here quite a bit tonight. Hashtag Southern. Hashtag Folklore. Hashtag North Carolina. All right, CN. We're gonna we're gonna do a little Google here on Wives Tale to see first of all if you if if you're gonna teach us something that. I guess I that I didn't know. Wives tale. Well, a wives tale is an old wives tale. That's it's W I V E S is a supposed truth which is actually spurious or a superstition. It can be said sometimes to be a type of urban legend said to be passed down by older women to a younger generation. So wives tale. Okay, well that makes sense. It's wives because it's being passed down by older women to a younger generation. And here I thought it was always wise tell w-i-s-e which i'm sure there is that too <laughs> so i guess it depends on who's telling you if it's a guy it's a wise tale if it's a woman it's a wives tale and women are wise wives can be wise so that that's pretty hey that's pretty cool we learned so i learned something wives tale with the, with the v but yeah here here's an amazing thing cn perfect timing on your tweet it was the night before last i was in my abode and it wasn't too late but i heard rain start coming down and i had a close call with lightning it had to have been within 20 yards of my abode it scared the you know what out of me thank goodness i was actually awake if i'd have been dead sleep and that thing went off like it did and it's one of those deals where I guess an old wives tale is you can tell how far lightning is by counting 1001, 1002. And I think every, every 1000 is a mile or something like that. Help me out, y'all. I need some education. Hit me up at 803-816-1170 and tell me the real truth of how you can tell how far lightning is when it, when you, when you see it and then compared to when you hear the, the boom, the crashing thunder. But this scared the you-know-what out of me, and it was one of those lightning strikes. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. You usually get these in the summertime or maybe in the spring when we have tornadic activity across the Dixie landscape. But it it was so close, you could hear some of the electric equipment in the home freaking out. Luckily, nothing got messed up. But gosh, (laughs) this is February, and that's the closest encounter with lightning I've had maybe ever but certainly in a long time so yeah i'm looking out my window cn warnicky if, if your wives tells true where you you have the thunder and in this case i had lightning too i'm looking for that snow and you said you'll get a lot of snow in the next seven to ten days well sure enough i saw forecasted in a couple of days snow moving in now most of the south had a little false alarm we've seen where 
snow could uh, uh, materialize, but in most cases, it doesn't really come and stick like it could. And I'm all for that. If I wanted to live in snow and ice, I'd move further north. I like the south just like it is when we get a little dusting from time to time in some places. That's okay with me. I can take a picture. I can go up to Colorado. I can go up to Maine or somewhere like that if I want to go play in a bunch of snow. I like my warm weather. That's why the South's so cool. But what a cool thing. Wide stale. And I'm looking at if I get a lot of snow here pretty soon, CN, I'm going to let you know here on the Y'all Show that you were absolutely right. That wide stale has come to fruition. Good stuff. Now, I threatened earlier this week on the Y'all Show. It probably was in hashtag hullabaloo, to be honest, that we're going to have to start talking about fashion a little bit because, you know, we need to dress up nice. We need to know the trends in fashion if, if we can help it. And lo and behold, I guess the good Lord, in addition to not letting me get struck by lightning this week, he led me, lightning struck, and he led me to the Twitter account of one Emily Lewandowski. I don't know if she's kin to Corey Lewandowski or not. You know, the guy that helped run Trump's campaign back in 2016 and then got run off. <laughs> Emily is on Twitter at Emily Lou, L-E-W. And she put, always in pursuit of pretty things, follow me on my fashion and lifestyle blog. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure if you just Google Emily Lewandowski, you may find exactly what she's referencing there with her fashion and lifestyle blog. But the image attached to her tweet is what caught my eye. And it was a great artistic picture of fashion. And she put on her Twitter account, talking trenches on the blog today and why this one has been in my wardrobe for six years. Also, so excited to return to Charleston next weekend to shoot some fun content. Let me know what you want to see for spring. And what she's got is a picture of, I guess it's her, walking on one of Charleston's cobblestone street, it appears. Charleston, South Carolina, by the way. I would go ahead and say one of the greatest cities in the world. Uh, what Certainly one of my favorite places in the entire world, if not the most favorite. Eh, I can't totally bash the hometown. Charleston's about two hours away from where I grew up, but I spent my formative years in the holy city and love it and love to get back i just can't afford to stay there these days it's an expensive town but it's a great town and if you've ever considered going to charleston please go and go down to savannah and and little secret go to a place halfway between the two beaufort south carolina and hilton head incredible places and probably not as expensive this time of year as it would be in the middle of the summer but charleston is so photogenic and so incredible, so much history there, too. But Emily's heading down to Chucktown this weekend to do a photo shoot, it appears, of some of her fashion. And the photo that she's already put out there on her Emily Lewandowski Twitter page, at Emily Lou, L-E-W, has, I assume, her wearing this women's trench coat. And what makes this trench coat a little different from, for example, the one I have, is that it it's just above the knees i guess trench coats for women don't go all the way down to the ground at least this one doesn't and it's a lighter weight material it's not a big old heavy thick trench coat that i guess we see the investigators and crime detectives wearing on movies that are guys at least by the way i got a great trench coat back in i'm gonna say 1996 i happened to stumble into a, a haberdasher in nashville that was closing after like 60 years in business and they had this trench coat 
at like 20% of what it was originally sold for. And it even had a lining with it, a wool lining that you could button in for winter months. And that thing I still have. I don't wear it very much because, boy, it's a commitment to wear a trench coat. You, It's kind of bulky, but it looks cool. It still fits. It still looks brand new. That's for guys. Now, women, it looks like trench coats for women aren't necessarily designed for keeping you dry from rain and or keeping you warm in the winter months. But it's a cool idea. It's a good fashion thing. And I love where you're going with this, Emily. And as she said, she's talking trenches. And so when I first saw that, I'm like, is this somebody talking about World War One here <laughs> and trench warfare? But she's talking about trench coats and this really fashionable women's trench coat that I'm looking at on her blog and on her tweet. Good job there, Emily. Can't wait to see what you got. Bucks County Brittle put a tweet out at Bucks Brittle and they put what say you and they attached images of Brittle and they've got hashtag pecan hashtag brittle hashtag sweet hashtag coffee pecan brittle okay and so this had me thinking all right this is another subject we have not really talked about on the house show and i i apologize now brittle i don't think is an exclusively southern thing although usually what goes in brittle is definitely southern whether it's peanuts or pecans slash pecans, those come from our part of the world. Now, I had to do some research, and I found out that Bucks County Brittle is based in New Hope, Pennsylvania. So they're Yankees, but evidently they do a heck of a job with making brittle. You can go to BucksCountyBrittle.com and place your order. Brittle, is that something that is available and is something you can devour all year long? Sure, I think most people probably think of brittle maybe as a gift around the holidays. I would much rather get, (laughs) I'd rather much, uh, wouldn't you much rather get a a gift from Bucks County Brittle of a brittle sent to you in the mail than a fruitcake? Absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, brittle, the only problem with brittle is, eh, I guess they kind of help keep dentists in business in a lot of the Southeast for two reasons. One, you crack your teeth when you eat brittle and then all that sugar Gives you a lot of cavities. Speaking of something kind of along the sweet line, but this isn't, I don't think this is something you're supposed to eat. I found a tweet from Wicked Hitches at Wicked Hitches is the Twitter account, and you can go to wickedhitches.com. This is a company based in Harrison County, Mississippi, Pass Road, specifically in Biloxi, Mississippi, home of the Biloxi Indians, home of the Biloxi Shuckers. And here's what Wicked Hitches put out there on Twitter. Hi, y'all. I just listed three bubble crumbles, one each. Candy Crush, Twisted Mermaid, and Wicked. Now, maybe you know what bubble crumbles are, but I had to kind of do a little research. And here, I went straight to the source, the website for this Biloxi-based company, and I found out that bubble crumbles are really for anybody and what they are they're something you put under running water and they're a soap essentially and the higher the pressure of the running water the more bubbles you get from these bubble crumbles and they contain skin softening ingredients and smell delicious in this case i guess they smell like candy crush and or twisted mermaid and the wicked aroma and you can take them as you travel 
and because they're a solid, not a liquid, and maybe they make a great gift for you. Again, the company is Wicked Hitches. Website is wickedhitches.com, and it's Bubble Crumbles. Maybe a good early St. Patrick's Day gift, perhaps. Maybe that's a good idea. Sounds good to me. I'm all for I'm all for being clean and smelling good. If you can pull off both, boy, you got it made. Let's close up the day with a GIF here on the Y'all Show. And I found this. It's got Steve Harvey in a game of, I guess, Wheel of Fortune. No, he's not on Wheel. Steve Harvey and Family Feud. That's what he hosts. He ought to host Wheel of Fortune. It's getting about time for old Pat and Vanna to ride off into the sunset. I bet you Steve would do that. He does about everything else on television and radio and every beauty contest. Yeah, Steve, he can do it. Here is a image I saw, Jeff. It's got Steve and two contestants going off against each other on Family Feud. And it says, name something that scares the pants off every Cajun living in Louisiana. <laughs> Obviously, this has to be a fake. But here are the Family Feud options up on the board. And I'll start from the bottom and work my way up. I guess the contestants here didn't get X'd out when they were playing this. If this was even real again, name something that scares the pants off every Cajun living in Louisiana here in the spirit of Mardi Gras. And we've got eight selections. Number eight, a long line at the Popeye's drive through. Yeah, that would scare the pants off Cajuns living in Louisiana. (laughs) Here's the next one. Very appropriate for this time of year. Something that scares Cajuns NFL referees. If you don't believe me, just go back to that Saints Rams game, the NFC championship game. Here's another one that scares the pants off of Cajuns living in Louisiana. Chinese crawfish. Oof, that's got to scare them there. Next is Mardi Gras traffic. Oh, and boy, is it going to get worse as we get closer to Fat Tuesday. Cajuns living in Louisiana. Up next is Nutra Rat Ghost. <laughs> and that's something they got a lot of, the old Nutra Rats. And they're big, and boy, if you see a ghost of a Nutra Rat, then that would scare the heck out of not only Cajuns, but anybody else in Louisiana and beyond. And coming in at number three on this list of things that scare the pants off of Cajuns living in Louisiana, tomato gumbo. (laughs) Okay, I don't quite get that one. I guess I'm not Cajun enough. Next, the next thing to scare Cajuns living in the Pelican State, a Rougarou. I don't know what that is. I need to brush up on my Cajunese. The number one thing, and this is funny, that scares the you-know-what off of Cajuns living in Louisiana, is Walmart boudin. (laughs) Surely Walmart doesn't sell boudin, but I just told you in the previous segment, other than caskets, I think they sell just about everything else in the Wally world. And boudin, it would not surprise me at all, especially in South Louisiana, if that was not offered there at your local Walmarts or whatever the way you pronounce it in Cajunese, French Cajun. All right, that is Hashtag Hullabaloo for the day. Hope you enjoyed it. We've got one more segment left on this Friday. Don't go anywhere. The Y'all Show will close it down after this break. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed.
It's the last segment here on this Friday hour two last show of the week. And we appreciate you tuning us in on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Opening in theaters this weekend from the animation action adventure comedy realm of movies, you've got How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, and that is out starring Kate Blanchett and others. Also out this weekend, a nationwide expansion of this movie, Fighting with My Family, that Dwayne Johnson stars in. We told you about this last week. Vince Vaughn also in this movie. It's about a former wrestler and his family making a living performing at small venues around the country. All that in this movie. Total Damal is out this weekend, and this looks like a import from India, and it's part of the third installment of the Damal film series. That's out across the nation this week. Run the Race, a movie about high school football, is out, and it stars Tanner Stein and Francis Fisher. And finally, a documentary that I can't wait to see. It is out this weekend. It's called Prosecuting Evil, and it is a real-life portrait of Ben Ferentz, the last surviving Nuremberg trial prosecutor who continues to wage his lifelong crusade in the fight for law and peace. Alan Dershowitz in this, as well as Arkansas native, former General Wesley Clark, Clark, retired General Wesley Clark of of Arkansas, and a one-time presidential candidate, Wesley Clark, and prosecuting evil out this weekend across the country, this great documentary. By the way, Ben Ferentz is 98. He'll be turning 99 years old on March 11th, and he was born in Romania. His family left Romania when he was just a few months old and moved to America, and then he fought in World War II, was part of Patton's Third Army, then went into the Nuremberg trial as a prosecutor, and he's the only living part of that Nuremberg trial, 98, soon to be 99 years old. And this is a documentary that's out nationwide, an amazing story of this man who was raised in the New York area and went to law school at Harvard Law and is an American sensation. And I can't wait to see this. For this man, Ben Ferentz, and that documentary out this weekend. In the world of sports, quickly want to tell you that former Carolina Panthers head coach Dom Capers is now going to be a senior defensive assistant for the Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars. That was announced this week. In the world of baseball, as they're getting ready for spring training to start, Georgia native and former Florida State catcher, Buster Posey, who's been with the San Francisco Giants, he likely will not catch in early spring games for the Giants as they're in Scottsdale, Arizona. He's been having a recovery for a hip impingement and also uh, repairing a torn labrum. Buster Posey, we wish him well. It looks like he will not be participating all that much in some of your spring training action. Maybe he'll be ready by the time the Real season starts in a couple of weeks. Speaking of spring training, some of our Southern teams kind of have things going today and tomorrow from a games played in whether it's the Cactus League or the Grapefruit League. The Rays host the Philadelphia Phillies, Phillies today in spring training. In the National League, you've got the Philadelphia Phillies hosting the Pittsburgh Pirates tomorrow. And Miami opens up things against St. Louis on Saturday. That's a 105 Eastern first pitch at spring training. Other teams in the South that have spring training games starting tomorrow, Texas and Kansas City get together in Arizona. And the Braves will be playing the New York Mets. That's a 110 Eastern first pitch tomorrow in the Grapefruit League. But a quick look at some of your spring training as all these teams now, as of tomorrow at least, will have their first 
spring training game in the books. And some of these games are on television. So if you've been missing baseball here, your chance is now here. If you missed NASCAR last week, the Daytona 500 is in the books. The second race of the year happens Sunday, and it's at Atlanta Motor Speedway. It's the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series at Atlanta. And this race gets underway at 2 Eastern. It'll be televised on Fox. So go check out your racing if you're into that kind of thing this weekend it's a little different in the world of golf as they have the elite go off to mexico for a wgc mexico championship phil mickelson is the defending champion of that tournament and if you didn't make that tournament all the rest of the golfers head off to puerto rico if they want to participate in that and the puerto rico open is going on this weekend on the pga tour hey golf is going to have a really cool guy participate in the at&t byron nelson when that is played at the trinity forest golf club in dallas in a couple of months as tony romo the former dallas cowboys quarterback and current cbs nfl analyst he will play in his second pga tour event there at the byron nelson as he's accepted a sponsor's exemption into this tournament and this will be his home course the tournament will be held may 9th through 12th there and i look forward to seeing tony romo they say is an incredible golfer and i bet you he will do quite well wouldn't be awesome if he at least made the cut there at the Byron nelson Uh, i'm sure he will he's got plenty of time to play golf these days and finally here in our headlines of what's going on this weekend in sports it's another weekend it's the third weekend of the alliance of american football and how about this story hey The Orlando Apollos are coached by Steve Spurrier, but because of a weird rule in the state of Florida, the Apollos are now being forced to practice in Georgia. They're practicing in Kingsland, Georgia, and it's all got to do with some kind of crazy rule about startups having to have insurance and things like that. I don't know all the all the stuff that's going on there, but how about this? Steve Spurrier, the mighty Steve Spurrier, is practicing, I assume, on some kind of high school football field in South Georgia there as the Apollos, who are 2-0, and are getting ready for another game. The state of Georgia will cover the Apollos for workers' comp so long as they spend 51% of their practice days on the Georgia side of the border. Uh, should we name this team instead of the Orlando Apollos? We'll just kind of we'll represent both Florida and Georgia. We'll just call this team florida georgia line how does that sound yeah i like i like the sound of that aaf games this weekend in week three on saturday it's the arizona hot shots at the salt lake stallions that's the early game on saturday and then on saturday evening the memphis express travel to orlando where they'll face off against the apollos that game televised on the nfl network and the game gets underway at 8 p.m on sunday the birmingham iron will be playing at atlanta it's the Atlanta Legends home opener. That game will be on CBS Sports Network at 4 o'clock is when it starts. And the San Antonio Commanders will be playing the San Diego Fleet. That game, 8 o'clock Sunday on the NFL Network. And that's week three of the Alliance of American Football. Well, friends, that will wrap up the second hour of the Y'all Show. Can't thank you enough for being with us. Have a wonderful weekend. We will be right back here in the saddle on Monday with more excitement. We'll still have some audio coming from our time in Nashville last week. We've got John Schneider, who was Bo Duke on the Dukes of Hazard. We will have that. We actually had to push it back to next week, but we'll have that and so much more. It's the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent. And from Dixie with Love, our swan song will get us to the house. Y'all have a good one.